Neves Solicitors are proud to sponsor The Parent Show. The friendly team at Neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life. Visit nevesolicitors.co.uk. Neves Solicitors, your complete legal solution. And a very warm welcome. I'm Cathy Weston. Heyman. And we are talking tonight about developing character in our children and what the rule of, sorry, the, the, the role of schools and teachers and parents is in that wonderful, delicate process. We're going to be joined by Carl Hendrick on the phone, hopefully, and he's from Wellington School, very, very famous school, um, a little bit further from here. Very famous. Uh, it was headed up by Professor Sir Anthony Selden, I believe, and they launched in 2014 an amazing centre there called the Wellington Learning and Research Centre and we're hoping that Carl uh, who heads that up is going to be on the phone now. Are you there Carl? Yes I'm here. Well welcome to the Parent Show. Thank you for having me. Now could you please tell us a little bit we're talking tonight about developing character in children and you're obviously in an amazing position uh, Wellington's very very well not well known for you know it's very innovative work uh, on this area. Tell us a little bit about the centre that you work in there and what it does. Well, um, <clears throat> I established the centre um, about 18 months ago and the idea simply was that we would have a more evidence-based approach to what we do. Um, this is, I think, something that has become uh, a national issue uh, in, in the last sort of five years. Um, I think it's quite evident that many schools are still doing things that uh, have no basis at all um, in research. And it, it's difficult to think of other professions in which the practitioners would be allowed to simply do whatever works for them. So the idea was um, a simple one, and that we would, first of all, uh, establish a, a, a sort of a, a center that we could have strategic partnerships, particularly with HEIs and uh, academics in the field of education research. And then the secondly, that we could begin to test some ideas uh, and, and think about the school as, a, um, in some ways, a, a laboratory and to think about ways that we can improve what we do here um, through research. Now, I understand, uh, indeed, in the press recently, or I read about your project with Harvard mm. on the subject of grit. Uh, and can you tell us a little bit about some of the projects you have been doing, perhaps with them, around character? What have you been well, we, um, we started working with Harvard um, last year. And one of the things we wanted to find out was what is the the mindset of students at Wellington. Um, I think schools are very good at measuring performance. Um, we're very good at measuring performance in terms of uh, IQ in, in, in the form of standardized testing. What we're bad at is measuring those more difficult aspects of student life, and particularly the area of mindset and, and grit is, is an interesting one. Um, Angela Duckworth is the author of several studies on grit, and grit we can think of as, well, she defines it as perseverance towards long-term goals. And she did a very, uh, one of the studies that was interesting to us was a study that showed that um, the, the, the levels of grit or perseverance that a student has is a better indicator of uh, success 
than IQ. So we kind of thought, well, if that's true, then we need to really look at these areas and to think carefully about ways that we might foster them. And so has the school been, is the school directly responsive then to what you find as, you know, your emerging findings, if you like? Do, you, do your teachers immediately try things out in the classroom as a result? Well, it's a very, it's a very slow process. And, it, it, you know, education research, I think, is, um, the, the, the reality is that research isn't part of the mission of being a teacher in the same way it is if you were uh, um, uh, sort of in other professional fields. Um, people in the medical field, doctors will regularly have scheduled time periods where they will sit yeah. usually in the morning and they'll look at uh, recent research in their field and think about it, how it impacts in their practice. So research is really at the minute sort of shoe, being shoehorned into what teachers do. Teachers are more and more uh, now uh, really under the caution in terms of uh, workload and, 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 and that sort of thing. So the the study the, the year one study that we did was we we basically did a baseline study of every single student in the school to get a sense of where they were at in terms of their mindset and grit and we partnered with three other uh, state schools to do that as well and we used um, Harvard researchers came in and we looked at. Um, we used some grid scales and some of, of, of Carol Dweck's uh, mindset scales to, to ascertain that. And we found some very interesting correlation between things that were, that, that were very new, like, for example, um, students who tend to have a, a growth mindset um, often have levels of self-compassion. So one of the criticisms of growth mindset and grit is, is the idea that you're just sort of forcing kids to be very focused and, 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 and without any looking at any other areas of the development. So we, we, the study showed that students who uh, have that mindset are also quick to, um, to actually do simple things like they, they sleep better, they look after themselves better, they have better levels of self-compassion. Um, this, the other thing that I've done at the school is we've, in terms of professional development, is we established a staff uh, set of research fellows, and these were two members of staff from each different faculty, maths, science, uh, English, and so on. And we met every week uh, either with researchers from Harvard or uh, other education academics, and we read through papers and we did a literature review of the whole field. So um, that was uh, quite a, an interesting thing and then the the other thing we did which interesting was we had a student research council and we got them to also read uh, some of the work um and we were lucky to have carol dweck and actually angela duckworth here last year at our festival and the students were able to interview her um and it's fascinating to uh, hear from students about this because i think from their point of view what's happening a lot in schools is a, a sort of cognitive dissonance where Students are being told on the one hand in assemblies and through posters and things like this that they that they can achieve anything and they can have a mindset yeah. and, and this sort of positive affirmations. But against that, then they're getting into lessons and being given fixed target grades. So, um, yeah, again, that, that, that's something that we're uh, based on the research that we've done in year one. We're 
very much moving forward with that in mind. Yeah, so it's about not giving them mixed messages. My, yeah. my, my first question is, have you done any work or have you intuitively felt that there's a role here for parents uh, surely aligning to what you do at home? And have you done any work around that? Um, we've done some parent masterclass. We actually gave a talk last week about um, growth mindset. Um, I think it's uh, there's, there's a huge level, uh, you know, to which we could say that um, before students even come in the gates of the school, that uh, a lot of behaviours and mindsets are very fixed already. And we might sort of consider to what extent is it the job of the school um, beyond a curriculum and a knowledge-based curriculum to fix and address some of those more uh, complex issues. I think there's a, a, a fairly sort of uh, coherent body of literature, around, particularly around growth mindset. Um, and I, I would encourage parents to particularly look at um, Carol Dweck's book on mindset. I mean, it, 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 very simply, mindset really boils down to what students believe about themselves. So any messages that the school could give should really, I think, be echoed by the parents. And the simple message with growth mindsets and Carol Dweck's work is that students who have a belief that abilities can be developed and enhanced, particularly through hard work, tend to be a lot more successful than students who have that fixed ability that, that you're just uh, clever or you're just not very clever, or you're just not good at math, or you're just not good at English. So what parents can do, I think, is to praise not the ability, but praise the effort. Um, and, it, you know, sort of our generation, I think, comes from a culture that came out of the, the 80s, a kind of self-help culture, where um, certainly my parents would, would be very quick to say, aren't you a clever boy, or aren't you smart? And actually, Dweck's work shows that that can be counterproductive. That's right, because there's nowhere to go with that. There's no room for improvement yeah. if you're perfect. I just want to bring up the Character Education in UK Schools report, um, which I think your school, or at least your your old head, used to be in charge of, Professor Sir Anthony Selden. Yeah. And I think that report involved over 10,000 students. And I, I was just reading the executive summary of it today, and something that struck me was one of the observations was that contrary to the wide, widely held public belief that sport builds character, British students Claim to claiming to participate in sporting activities did not perform better than those who said they did not practice sports when asked to respond to moral dilemmas. Mm. However, students who said they were involved in music or choir or drama outside of school performed better than those who said they were not and did not. It, it's quite interesting, isn't it? Because I think it really struck me. I think sport, especially in this country, is considered something that really significantly contributes to character development. Yeah, I mean, I, I think we, it's probably helpful to think about these things as being useful in and of themselves. Um, we, students at Wellington, um, finish lessons on Tuesdays and Thursdays at lunchtime and they go and, and, and they play sport. Um, but I think the belief is that it's an end in itself and that it's an important part of the well-being of, of students. Um, the second thing I think which is really important about character, character education is that a lot of character traits are domain-specific. So, and, and it, you know, the, the, um, the, there's a real consensus now in the literature about this that 
whilst you may, you know, stomping up a hill uh, and, and climbing to the top of a mountain, it may foster an element of resilience within that specific domain. It doesn't mean you're going to be good at maths. So um, I think that's, that's a, a common misconception about character education, that you can build character academically by doing physical pursuits. Yeah, and I think that study really draws your attention to children's moral development and the thing that you've, you know, the issues around compassion and empathy for others and are those things that can be taught, essentially. Yeah, I mean, I, again, I, I think that it's, um, the, it, it's very difficult for schools, I think, to... There, there's such a huge um, new wave of problems that students are facing particularly around things like uh, cyberbullying and body image. Um, and it's, I think parents have a real responsibility to not just know what their students are doing in school, but also be educated about some of these issues um, as well. Yeah, yeah. I'm just jotting all these things out. Now, um, we just want to, we don't want to keep you any longer, Carl, but mm. can you just give, what would you say, I mean, you're working in a secondary school in uh, England. What would you, your advice be to parents who are listening? What's your best, you know, your top tips for parents in terms of, you know, what to watch out for or how to help develop, you know, people moving into, students moving into secondary school, your best advice for that, or that preparation moving into it? What could they do for their children to make sure that experience, you know, is a positive one? Well, I think the, the, the first thing I would say is that adults and, you know, not, not just parents, but we have a duty to model the exact type of behavior that we would expect from students. So it's very difficult for a school to out-teach um, specific character traits. Mm. So I think... If, if, if students or, or, or if parents are, you know, not spending any time reading or being intellectually engaged or being, being sort of intellectually curious, um, it's a little bit difficult to demand that from um, children. Um, the second thing I think is that the, the real sort of goldmine, there's a very rich theme at the minute in terms of educational research around cognitive psychology. Um, and there's a, a fantastic document that's available free online called The Science of Learning by a group of um, academics in the U.S. called Deans for Impact. And it just really, really well summarizes some of the findings in the last 10 years around um, how students learn, uh, what motivates them, and the kinds of things that adults can do uh, around them. Well, we will flag those three things up. So we're going to leave it there. Adults need to model how they want their children to behave, encourage intellectual curiosity, and perhaps read some of those Deans for Impact studies on the science for learning. I've read them myself. They're on the internet. They're easily accessible, and they're absolutely brilliant, as you say. Yeah. So thank you very much for joining us, Carl. Thank you for having me. Yep, lovely to speak to you. Thank All the you. very best. Right. Thank you. Well, that was a rather intellectual discussion, surely, for us, wasn't it? <laughs> No, it was fine. <laughs> I just about followed. It was great to uh, hear from Carl Hendricks. Radio We've been talking this evening about developing character in children. And, well, we have found two 
wonderful characters, haven't we, Shirley, who'd like to contribute to our show this evening? Indeed we have, Cathy, and I think actually we could say that both of their mums are actually really open to this growth mindset that Carl was talking about, and not uh, only focusing on academic achievement for these two lads in the studio, but also developing their characters, and I hope that by listening to them tonight, and actually they've written kind of the rest of the show, Cathy, um, that we're going to hear how, in fact, an eight and a nine-year-old think um in very um open and um what was one of the words he was using about you know feeling uh other people's pain and um you know Oh, I've empathy. Yeah, empathy. Empathetic. Yeah. Um and and uh, they've been sitting here all that time very quietly. <laughs> They're ready to talk, aren't they? So I'm gonna introduce you to them. So we have in the studio tonight with us Zach Pigden and he is nine zach are you nine yes i am nine and so would you like to say good evening to the listeners good evening listeners and we also have Bo knight um Bo is quite now a regular contributor to the show and Bo, would you like to say good evening good evening and Bo is eight years old so we've been talking to these two uh local lads local boys and trying to find out what it is they uh feel about life in 2016 what they think uh, parents need to do to help children um, you know build character build grit build build resilience and uh, I think it's going to be quite interesting actually when you hear the kind of things that Zach and Bo have come up with so we're going to start with one of the questions that Zach um, or one of the issues that Zach brought up recently so let me just introduce it to you and then um, I'm going to ask Zach if he can talk about it a bit so one of the things that Zach said was he thinks that people these days just want to hear the word yes, especially children. And actually, Zach, remembering that he's nine years old, said, you know what, Shirley, no isn't always a bad thing. So my question to you, Zach, is how do you think children feel when they hear their parents say, no, you can't, no, you're not? Well... I, for one, would feel quite upset and quite angry. I would kind of want to get my revenge on, but I just wouldn't know how to because I'm not really angry right now. Okay, but you think that there are times when parents need to say no, don't you? Yes, I do. Um, like, for instance, you, you can have a soda as a treat, but you can't have it, like, every single day. Um, so you understand why your mum would be saying no Zach, no sodas on Monday yeah, to Friday, but weekends are fine. And what's she actually trying to do by saying no? Well, she is trying to help me um, try not to get bad teeth or getting really hyper before my bedtime. Okay, but you understand that there are times when mums, dads, parents have to put their feet down, have to put their foot down and say to a child... I know better than you. Yeah, yes. there are some times, I guess. Bo, can I ask you the same question? Do you think there are times when you have to accept that your mum or your dad says, do you know, Bo, that's just not on? Uh, I think maybe, like, walking to school by yourself because someone might c catch you. So have you ever asked mum if you could do that? No. No. But you would understand why your mum might say, no, Bo, yes. not yet. How old do you think you need to be before you can walk to school by yourself? Uh, hmm, around 12. Right. No, around 10, actually. So, end of junior school or secondary end school? Junior. End of junior school. Okay, Zach, any other points? Because for you, that was a big thing, wasn't it, about actually no isn't always a bad thing? Well, no, cannot, no can be a good thing, like... 
um, n like for instance, my brother cares. Like, no cares. You cannot pester your brother anymore. He is probably very sick and tired of you. <laughs> so that's a good thing, is it, when your mum says that? Yes, it's hallelujah for me. <laughs> Thank you. Right, let's move on to your second point then. Um, now this is actually a much more serious point, and. Zach had expressed to me a, a worry that he has, um, you know, remembering that we're hearing from a nine-year-old here. Zach said he thinks about things like, will there be a third world war? Zach, do you want to talk to us a little bit about that, please? Well, it hasn't been... It has been a few months ago since we've bombed Syria. And they might want revenge. I mean, if we bombed a country and, well, they would... They were not like it. Rebuilding, trying to get their defence back, trying to have defence systems for if they tried again. Also, I um, need to get more resources um, for like rebuildings. The big and well, if they try to attack England, well, England is in forces with the USA, Russia, um, and France. The question is, who will go for Syria? Right. Now, one of the... Yeah, you were saying to me, you know, which sides will each country take? That worried you. Yes. And I asked you, so what, what do you want, Zach? What do you want 10-year-olds, 9-year-olds to, to be provided with? And you said, Shirley, I just want to hear the truth so I can be ready. Yeah. Is that, does that still stand? So I can be ready for anything that happens. Okay. Yeah. And, and, you know, say you heard the truth from the politicians, which is unlikely, but say you did. Is it going to be we're all going to die or something? Well, no, that say that said we were going to go to war. What what would be your action then? What do you feel like you want to do? Well, I first would I first would think, well, um, how old do I have to be to go to war? That's one question. And the other thing is, do I really want to go? Mm. Are you? Do you not agree with violence? Um, no, I'm sort of like the peace guy. You're a peacemaker, okay? Bo, can I ask you that question? I know you're a little bit younger. What do you think about, you know, men fighting each other? I'm not really sure. Have you thought about that? I mean, do you see children fighting in the playground? Mm, sometimes. And how does it make you feel? Mm, a bit sad if they fall in the mud. That yeah. happens a lot when they do fighting. You don't want to see people falling over? Yes, especially in very muddy patch. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Um, Right. One of the next issues that came up for you guys was about the world running out of resources. And it, it delighted me that you are thinking about this already at your age. Um, Bo, what can you say to us about how you feel about the world's resources being wasted? I feel a bit angry because they're wasting uh, the world resources. They just waste it and then they just... Don't use it anymore. What kind of things it. do you think are being wasted by humans? Electricity. Mm -hmm. uh, sometimes bottles, people just throw them on the street. Do you... You were talking to me about, um, you know, going out and leaving lights on in the house, I think you? that would be quite annoying. Then you're wasting a lot of electricity. And yet you, Zach, you had a different opinion about that, didn't you? Yeah, well, I'd say it's pretty good. So if you want on vacation, I say you should leave the light on because then the burglar would just come in because they knew no one would be home. If you, let the if you left the light on, well, uh, 
if you left the light on, um, none of your stuff would have been gone missing, and that would have been using much more of the world's products and oh, electricity. Right. Okay, you're thinking of it from that point of view. What do you think about it, Bo, if there was a club that taught you how to recycle really well at school? Is it something you might go to? Maybe. Maybe. If your dad and mum don't really recycle much. Okay, I mean, do you think it's... And they're really lazy. Is it a parent's role to teach their children how to recycle? Yes, mostly. Is that something that you tend to do in your family? Yes. And you, Zach? Well, I do, I do recycle. It's just teenagers I'm wondering about. I mean, they're just like, oh, I don't care which part of the trash is which. I'll just put it in the trash. I mean, who cares? No one even reads the labels. So as you grow into be a teenager, you're not going to allow yourself to be like that? Well, no. I want my life to be a bit different. In, in what sense? And, well, like, to, to have a bit of a... And have a bit of a a bit of a better life, like doing some better stuff, not like throwing in the wrong trash and stuff, and trying to recycle, not using too much electricity, and less of that burglar thing I was talking about. Okay, fine. Bo, anything else you wanted to add there about the world's resources? Mm, nothing really. I'm not. I'm not sure. Nothing. Okay, thank you. The next issue that came up when we were thinking about the, t the show, we were talking about archaeologists, weren't we, Zach? Mm -hmm. Talk to us about that a bit. Why is that an issue for someone of your age? Well, I don't really know this, but let's say if, um, like, Britain's archaeologists went to Russia and they and they found a dinosaur um, bones in the prehistoric in well in the prehist from the prehistoric age age and if they if they dug it up with them they would be like right we're off to bring this back to britain and the russians would be like hey it's ours it's on our land it's not yours but the britons would probably say something like yeah but we helped you dig it up and if we didn't help you you would have never got it out in time so the issue for you is that people take things from other people's countries and you feel that's unfair or...? I think it's very unfair. Okay. I mean, it's the, it's on their land. That means their property. Bo, what's your feeling about...? I'm not really sure. I think the same as Zach. You think the same? <laughs> okay. Um, we're going to go for a quick break now and then we'll come back and hear a little bit more about, um, yeah, developing character in children. And welcome back to The Parent Show with Cathy Weston. And Shirley Hayman. Now, we've been talking about developing character in our children tonight. Shirley, you've worked with children yourself mm. for 30 years. Mm. What advice would you give to parents about this issue? You know, Cathy, one of the things that I feel is so important is that parents take off some of the pressure that I see now with children. Um, you know, there's so much pressure for children to get good exam results or you know apply for the best uni and actually as Carl was saying earlier it's about 
sort of hearing the child, listening to their voice, and, and, and what is it that this unique young person wants from life? How do they feel about themselves? You know, what can we do as their teacher, their mentor, their parent to help them kind of believe in themselves and see that they can go forward, whether it's in an academic um, situation or not? The other thing I wanted to say actually is to parents, and I often say this, is please be really specific about the praise that you use for children. So again, we heard earlier, you know, don't just say, yes, you're clever, because where does the child go with that? So one of the um, really good techniques is to say to your child, I really appreciate the fact that you listen to me or I'm really impressed by the way you always greet visitors when they come to our house, that kind of thing. Um, so to give that positive feedback on their behaviour yeah. and not always valuing their performance. No, no. Yeah. And of course, you know, nurturing children's voices, literally, mm. but also, you know, developing these views of how they think the world is being run and all the things you're talking to these guys tonight about. Mm. It has a real value, doesn't it? It's very, very important to do that. Absolutely, Kathy. You know, and it raises their self-esteem. They start to realise, actually, you know, adults do listen to me. Um, people are interested in what I've got to say. And all of that is not just going to help in school, but it's going to help in relationships, in the workplace, you know, whatever they end up doing, whether that be going to university, as we said, or indeed you know going out and getting a job at 17 or as we know now apprenticeships becoming you know much more popular and and um available so tonight i suppose is about letting these chaps practice mm. um expressing their views and developing arguments mm -hmm. and um and that will have a lovely effect we certainly hope so and, and the fact that Bo and zach are here you know that they it's, it's past their bedtime and their mums are great, letting them travel here and come and speak tonight and share their views. We haven't prepped them, we haven't told them what to say. It very, it very much is about, you know, their opinions, their concerns. And, and I, let me actually just ask Zach about that. Zach, how does it make you feel that we invited you to come and speak on the show tonight? Oh, it's very nice. Much better than staying up all night. <laughs> or going to bed. Yeah. But do you feel good that um, me and Kathy have said to you, we're interested in what you have to say? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Makes you feel... What do you think about yourself? That, you know, you're here, sitting here tonight on a radio show. I think of myself just sitting here and talking to people that I don't know. <laughs> Bo, what about you? How do you feel that you've been asked to come in and share your views I live? I feel happy. You feel happy? Just like that song <laughs> that actually, if you'd been here, you would have heard Bo singing every single word to. <laughs> so, um, we're going to go on now, boys, and we're going to talk about school a bit. Ooh. And I want to hear, what would be your ideal school? How might you change school to make it a happier place, a place where you feel more comfortable. Zach, let's start with you. Talk, talk to us about what would be an ideal school for you personally. Well, I'd say um, don't go too hard on the punishment because obviously child needs learning, but that doesn't mean you should punish them just because that they're not learning. If you want them to, if you want them to learn, you have to do it in their way. So, um. For instance, someone like someone fi thinks in like well words, and someone thinks in numbers. Mm -hmm. Well, and someone pi thinks in pictures. You have to write it out on the board, but um the 
um, the other person that think thinks in words um, will say, um, can you actually explain that to me in words, please? Because so, I don't really understand those pictures, you see. So you're talking about a learning style, are you? Yes, learning styles. Okay, so the school needs to recognise that. Yes. Yeah, okay, let's ask Bo. Bo, do you have I any thoughts about how to... I think make the classes a bit smaller so the teacher can notice you more. Okay, is that something that you feel is important for all children? Yeah. And and if that was to happen and you were noticed more, yes. how would that change the way you feel about school? A bit better. You'd feel better about school? Mm. Okay, Zach, back to you. Anything else that would make a school more ideal, more suitable? <laughs> yes. Sometimes, uh, well, there would be a small sa Sunday school and on it there, you would get ice cream for dessert. So on lunch, food's important, is it, to children? I uh, I would certainly back that up, having been a teacher. That when you ask children what they like about their day, they usually talk about the food. So, yeah, yeah. Zach, I mean, I mean, sorry, Bo. Anything else for you to make a school <laughs> a more ideal for you or better? Uh, I'm not really sure. I think about the food. And, uh, like, having the good desserts, like ice cream. <laughs> oh, yeah. Jelly. I see what you're talking about now. Okay. All right. Uh, next question. Think carefully about this, boys, because I think your parents might listen to this show. Mm. Zach, how can parents help their children to feel more confident about themselves? Well... I would say don't ignore them. Like my mom, she um, I say, hey mom, I finished my Lego. Do you want to see it? And then she's like, oh okay, sure thing. I'll see you in a minute or a few. And then the next, and then in an hour, she doesn't even bother to come. But is that because she's busy? I don't know, getting Cleaning supper, cleaning the house, working. No. She's just chatting on the phone with her friend, which she can do all the time. <laughs> this is the mysterious thing I don't, I don't understand about parents. They but they're spend always on the phone. I know they don't even. Sometimes my mum even forgets my name with my brother. I mean, right. come on. Zach, Zach, mum's going to be listening to this. Okay, um, but you told me actually off air that your mum does a really great thing to make you feel confident. Can you remember what you told me? Um, yes, I can. Please share that with the with the listeners. Okay. So she always says stuff about me that makes me feel better. Um, not like, and it's not the stuff like, um, it doesn't really mean, thing. it doesn't really mean it. She actually means it a lot because it's the truth. So you believe your mum. You think yeah. she's talking the, we call it being authentic. She's yeah, talking the truth to you and that's important. Bo, how about you? Can I ask you please, what can parents do to help you feel more confident and happy about yourself i'm not really sure what does your mum do because i know your mum does loads to help you um, uh, feel good about yourself what kind of things happen in your family uh, i mean does your mum ever say to you hey high five bo that's no, great work no. or that's that's super effort no i think she does if she doesn't okay fine right child does tell the truth <laughs> Now, Kathy, um, I'm going to ask you, as a mum of children of similar age and younger, um, what would be your experience? I mean, you know, you've done a lot of research, you've uh, worked with other parents. 
if parents are listening and saying, I just really, really want to help my child feel better about themselves, you know, give us your three top tips, please. Well, I think from the world of research, a lot of the... Uh, issues are around identity so all these children are having they're trying to figure out who they are in the world and how they fit in and they're all unique and I think for parents it's up to us to listen to who it is that's emerging and to value that so whatever their interests or talents are whatever they are we don't impose them but we listen for them and then I think nurturing those and as you said being very careful about the language we use when we're speaking to them in the way we praise but also in the way we describe our children mm. we've all we all grew up I think you know we have if, been labelled as the one in the family who does what or the cheeky one or the you know the studious one. I think we have to be very careful. We know much more about labelling these days. That yeah. It does have an effect on who they feel they are. Yeah. And I think the language we use is critical. And just as you've noted, you know, appreciating them when they do the qualities that they show. Mm. You know, I really like the way you did that. Or I really mm. like the way you handled that conversation. Mm. Or you're such a hardworking boy. Or you're such a kind boy. You know, the qualities that we admire and want to encourage, I think. Um, so it's all of those things but also remembering that all the research indicates that the more leisure time activities you share as a family and that can be playing cards together or be playing badminton in the, in the garden you know that will keep children emotionally well mm. and the more you can do of those I don't think parents value those as much as they should mm. Mm. I mean actually Cathy you've done quite a lot of work haven't you helping parents to um, understand how to get the best from the school yeah. And, and support the work that the school's doing. Is there something around that that you could So I think share? fundamentally we have to remember that we are the children's first teacher. The teachers yeah. and the schools supplement the great work that we do at home. Mm. So it's very important to get that relationship right in your head. Mm. You know, the teachers are there to teach the national curriculum and to talk about knowledge and they're experts in how to, you know, how children learn but our job you know is to be there to encourage them to experience learning in context mm. with as many experiences as we could possibly pack in with them mm. and making sure that they're happy and well and enjoying themselves and relaxing and having fun and if that means bouncing on the trampoline when they come home from school that's wonderful but we're the only you know they're living in a school all day every day and we need to provide the antidote to that rather than more of that yeah yeah. Let's go back to the boys then. So, Zach, I don't know if you were listening to what Cathy was saying. Um, what kind of things do you do or does mum and dad, do mum and dad let you do that are very different to your school life experience? Well, obviously it's not like the rules in school, like um, no running in the halls, which is obvious. Mm. And, um, well, you can... Well, you can you can do pr do pretty much. Well, I can probably do pretty much what I want in the house. Not like every single thing. Like don't play with pistols and stuff. Like um, army defenses or anything. That would just be. But what what sort of activities do your parents provide? Um, well, that um, are very different to school. So, I mean, do you go... Well, they let me play Lego. Um, okay, so a Lego is a very I also enjoyable activity. Yeah, they also let me go to my friend George um, Morton's house mm -hmm. and go for sleepovers and stuff. So that's something you like to do, go for sleepovers. Yes. Okay, Bo, it's your turn now. Are you ready? I think my, my mummy and dad, when we're doing my homework, yeah. Uh, 
they let me every now and again I get to have a break and do some playing instead of just sit there at the table and doing my homework. So they pace you, you don't have to sit for an hour and do homework every night. So what's the playing in between the homework? Uh, sometimes I go on my iPad and watch telly. Yeah. Oh. Do you run around your garden, jump oh, on the trampoline? I, uh, just play around in my house and do some stuff and then go back to my homework. Is homework a valuable thing to do, Bo? Mm. Do you I think it's really good to do homework? Yeah. Can you see the point of it? Yeah. What is the point? The point is so you can learn and get better at, like, you learning at school, times tables or words, you get them stuck in your book and then you need to practice them, and then you get better at them as you practice. Okay, thank you, Zach. What about you? What's the point of homework in your mind? Well, the point of homework in my mind is doing some... Well, doing... It's basically... Well... It's basically doing, like, extra school work, which I think is pointless. I mean, you go to school for a reason. Mm -hmm. I mean, homework is literally nothing. All it basically is is just... Ca it, it's basically like prison for children. Is it? Yeah. Um, teachers are basically ruining um, every, um, all child's lives by giving them homework, not time to play with their toys and, and hang out with their family and stuff. And you would say that even at your age now as you're approaching... Are you approaching 10? Um, yeah. Yeah, even at 10 you feel you need to not have homework. Yeah, and when I'm about 12, boys are going to be a lot... Yeah, you know that it's coming, it's in the future. Yeah. More homework. Yeah, more and more homework is probably going to fill up my house. Okay, right. Well, I suppose it's good to be open-minded, isn't it? Be realistic, but enjoy your life now. Yep. Okay, right. One more thing before I ask you to, to uh, say goodbye. What's the best thing about your life today, Zach? Well, the best thing about my life today is that my brother doesn't have to be here. And, well, that's one thing. Okay, and is there something else? Also, the other is that finally I have an opportunity um, to go on the radio for the first time ever in my whole entire life. So this has been a really good experience, would you say? Yeah. Glad. I'm glad it has been. And Bo, what's the best thing about life for you at the moment? Oh, go on my iPad nearly every day. You're enjoying going on your iPad? Yeah. Also, can I say that you, you're getting really, really good at reading, aren't you? Am I? Yes, you are. So uh, that must be quite a good feeling to know that you're getting better and better at reading, is it? Mm, I don't know. No, okay, well, sorry, I'm not putting words into your mouth. Mm. Actually, it's the iPad that's the good thing for you, is it? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, thank you very much, Bo and Zach. Do you want to give yourself a round of applause? Uh, <laughs> Woohoo! Bravo, Zach! Bravo! And do you want to say hello to anybody who might be listening really quickly? Oh, yeah. I want to say hello to my brother and. And I also want to say hello to my friend, Noah Spires, Louis Cook, James McKilly, because he's in, in New York. I don't know if he's actually listening to this. Um, and George Morton. Um, Kez, I know you're hearing me right now. And by the way, it should be really jealous when I get home. Okay, thank you, Zach. And what about you, Bo? Who would you like to say I would hello like to say to? hello to my dad, uh, my mum, and my younger brother, Roby. Oh, that's nice. Well, thank you very much for contributing to our show tonight and for sharing all of your views about the world and school and homework and everything. So well done, guys. Thank you very much. Okay.
So, Shirley, some last points that we'd like to make on this topic of character education. Well, you know, lots of schools, Cathy, now are talking about growth mindset. A couple That's of years right. ago, yeah. it was sort of just people starting to whisper about it. But it seems now wherever I go and all the kind of teachers and practitioners, That's right. it seems like it's something that all schools are wanting to develop. To develop, we've had Carol Dweck on before, haven't we? And heard that's right. from her. That's right. Uh, the benefits of that. So I would say, Google it, people. Go go and have a look at it and try and practice it. That's right. It's a tiny little book, actually, the mm. mindset book. But the gist of it is, as Carl Hendricks pointed out earlier, if we want to, you know, encourage this positive attitude and this and a, a child who's persevering in their studies, always remember words connected to effort and growth that we use with them. But also, if a child's says, Mummy, I can't do that. Always inject the word yet. You know, I can't mm. do it yet. yet. You can't do it yet. Because there's always, it's opening up the sky then, isn't it? Mm. It's giving children an opportunity to improve and grow. And I think remembering back to Zach's point about the homework, that yeah. when we are doing our, our children's homework with them, we have to be really careful because their relationship to learning is very fragile mm. so if we're shouting at them because they're not reading a word properly who who would want to be repeat that situation who would want you know they feel terribly stressed mm. so i think carol dweck's emphasis on lovely words to do with effort and growth is a really wonderful place to start when developing character absolutely and then the other thing i feel so strongly about is exactly what we've been doing tonight is listening to the child's voice there's a big difference parents between hearing and listening you know and i guess like zach was saying about you know if you say something and your parent goes mm, 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 we're obviously not saying that that's what zach's mummy does but um and, and then they don't come back but actually hearing and then listening and responding in that moment if you can to what the child's asking you telling you revealing to you is is i mean just it can change a child's uh, levels of self-esteem of confidence of willingness to engage in that relationship with the parent literally you know over a day or two i've seen it and i've seen it as a teacher as well yeah. and i think as well people have to remember that that works equally with adults so i think mm. in the whole family dynamic listening mm. to each other really fully is probably quite a rare mm. thing because we're all mm. so busy and you know meal times are terribly busy and we're not you know giving that space for those family conversations which are so important absolutely neve solicitors are proud to sponsor the parent show the friendly team at neves includes specialists who can guide you through all the legal ups and downs of family life visit nevesolicitors.co.uk Neve Solicitors, your complete legal solution.